0: It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz
1: every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox.
0: This is the Fox News Rundown Extra. I'm Dave Anthony. Today, we go to the border. Talking to somebody who has been on the front lines of what's been a record year of migrants crossing over into the U.S. illegally. More than two million have been stopped this fiscal year by Border Patrol. That doesn't even count September, which just ended, ending this fiscal year. And it also doesn't even count the migrants who crossed over and were not stopped. Those are called gotaways. Bruno Lozano is the former mayor of Del Rio, Texas. He left office in June, so he was mayor for much of the surge that's happened under President Biden's watch. He had a lot to say about the situation, so much it didn't at all fit in our rundown podcast the other day. But today we have no issues with time, so you can hear everything. And we're glad you're with us and hope you have a good weekend. And now, Bruno Lozano on the Fox News Rundown Extra. Joining us on the Fox News Rundown is the former mayor of Del Rio, Texas, which is right there on the front lines of what has been an historic surge of migrants crossing into the U.S. illegally since President Biden took over. We're now at over two million this fiscal year, which doesn't even count September. The fiscal year is about to end here at the end of the week and month. Mayor, thanks very much for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me. You're you're
0: on the front lines. I mean Del Rio is right there at the border. You're one of the communities in Texas that gets the most crossings, correct?
1: Right. Well, that's that's a very true statement and I just want to touch base with what your introduction was is 2 million. We've already reached 2 million illegal crossings this year and if you add the previous year Um, That totals about 3 million people that have entered through illegal ports of entry, which is basically just crossing the river or um, the land crossings. That's larger than many metropolitan areas in the United States. And I think that should really send the alarms to the administration that this is a crisis. And it still baffles me that um, Vice President Harris still still does not call this a crisis for what it is.
0: All right. You bring her up because when... President Biden took office and we started seeing a surge in the first few months. He put her as like the borders are. And she was supposed to get to the root causes of why people are coming here. But she hasn't been to Del Rio, am I right?
1: She has not been to Del Rio, Texas at all. Did you ask?
0: You're a Democrat, right, Mayor?
1: Correct. i um, oh. Democrat.
0: <laughs> okay, so you're a Democrat. Did you ever have a conversation with anyone in the Biden administration, Homeland Security, anybody about the situation you've been facing in your community?
1: The one time that I did speak directly to the administration is Secretary Mayorkas, um, which is Department of Homeland Security. I had been re- trying to reach the administration prior to that, um, I'm not sure if you recall, but back in February of 2021, we had a winter storm that hit Texas, and okay. during that week's time, um, Border Patrol was trying to release, I believe at the time, six migrants into Del Rio's vicinity. And let me remind you that we did not, we did, we had no power, we had no electricity, no food, um, we didn't have running water, and. I'm somehow supposed to manage the release of six migrants. And it's laughable at the, t- at now looking back, cause it's just six people, but you know, that's just how disconnected the administration was with an ongoing crisis an environmental crisis um, in Dorio. And that's when it began doing YouTube videos to, um, to try to get them to come down and visit the city. Um, and that went without any, it didn't move very far, but, I did speak to Secretary America's only after the fact that there was the border crisis of the Haitians um, going underneath the bridge or being placed underneath the bridge uh, back in September of 2021. So a year ago. Yeah,
0: let's let's back up to that because that was a huge story last year. Thousands and thousands of Haitians in your community under a bridge at the border, and ultimately they finally were cleared out. But most of them just were allowed into the United States, correct?
1: What was going on with that incident is the, the people that were under the bridge were not processed or detained. They were just waiting to get detained by the border patrol. And after the border patrol takes them into custody, into detention, that's when they get split into different sectors along the border or different processing centers. And yes, once they're given their documents, they're able to continue their journey to wherever their destination was. The Haitian population, the majority of them were headed to Brooklyn, which is in the city of New York. Um, and so now, flash forward to the future, whenever I hear these mayors discuss, you know, oh, migrants are entering my community. This is, you know, like the governors are dropping them off, you know, or it's like, it's almost as if they're surprised that they're going to their communities. And I ask myself, did they not realize that this is where the migrants were headed this entire time? Um, When I speak to migrants that cross the border, I ask them, where are you guys going? Where, donde van? You know, and um, a lot of them go to metropolitan centers like Washington, D.C., Boston, Massachusetts, New York. You know, it's not, it's not a secret where they're headed. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine.
0: Now, help me out here because you're on the border. You deal with a lot of people crossing that you say don't want to be there, but ultimately you have to house them. How, how does it work? They're, they're detained by Border Patrol and then just dropped off? In Del Rio, and and what happens to them at that point when right. that happens?
1: So every single this is the this is one of the most frustrating parts as you know having been mayor and having to manage this crisis is that every single border community is different. You know, San Diego is nothing like Del Rio and nothing like Brownsville, and each municipality has different assets that are available to kind of absorb the population while they're waiting to get their their flight or their bus ticket or what have you out of our communities. You know, the bigger cities have infrastructure available, and they have larger nonprofit organizations that can kind of that that can jump in and mitigate this process. Del Rio and Eagle Pass are smaller border communities, and we don't have those kind of resources available. So, when we had seventeen thousand migrants, one of the main reasons why we had to have Border Patrol move them prior to processing is because the processing centers themselves did not have the capacity to absorb this large amount of group of people. And although that was a very, a very stressful and high peak moment, the fact of the matter is, is that we're still seeing 1,500 migrants a day cross the Del Rio sector. 1,500 migrants are entering through illegal ports points points of entry, and the border patrol is continuously backed up in their own border patrol centers. So once they drop them off into the city of Del Rio, it's kind of um, you know uh under like there's no written rule but they'll drop off about 300 to 500 different people in one day and our nonprofit will 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 do their very best to get them access to a computer or a cell phone or what have you so they can contact their their sponsor purchase their tickets and then just continue their journey but oftentimes what happens is that if they don't get a ticket they'll they'll stay at a local convenience store waiting for their bus or they'll take services, uh, private services um, that they pay and they'll be taken to San Antonio, for example. And so whenever you're flying out of San Antonio airport, you see the migrants having been dropped off at night and they're just waiting overnight, waiting to enter the security checkpoints for their flights. And I know this because I'm a flight attendant and I travel in and out of San Antonio a lot. And Mayor Nuremberg and I actually had a lengthy conversation because they were getting inundated with migrants at the facilities there in San Antonio. And, and it's just backlogging continuously every single day. It just gets larger and larger and larger with the backlog of people that are just trying to get through our communities. How
0: big is Del Rio? You're talking about, you know, 1,500 migrants a day in a city of, mm-hmm. of how many people?
1: The city 36,000 people. The county is 50,000 people. So we're not super large. <laughs> we're not a big city.
0: That's a, so you have a lot to process there. And that's just those who are apprehended. There's also the gotaways, and there's a lot of those, too, who, who aren't stopped.
1: So when I got some information, some stats, um, the Del Rio sector has already exceeded 450,000 um, persons detained. This fiscal year, and that I believe set the record to where we're the largest sector now receiving these migrants. Right, the gotaways as 160 thousand people is what my understanding was, and that's a lot of people that go undetected. They get away, and those are the people that you know are that are very concerning because you know they don't know who they are. They could be terrorist organizations. They could be. You know, people transporting drugs and, and different paraphernalia into the country. They could be, you know, anybody. And the, those individuals oftentimes are the ones that get, um, they enter through more remote areas where the Border Patrol takes a lot longer to respond. It can take up to two to three hours to respond to the more remote parts of, of the Del Rio sector. So while you have individuals that are crossing and wanting to be detained, which is the majority of the family units that come across, there's this whole other situation happening that oftentimes gets kind of muted or or watered down with the getaways. And those are the ones that affect the ranching community in rural Texas. They're the ones that break into the ranches. They're the ones that are stealing the cars. They're the ones that are causing a lot of criminal activity in the most remote parts of, of the Del Rio sector. And that's one of our biggest frustrations is that you have a tale of two different stories. You have this humanitarian effort where, you know, the migrants are trying to claim asylum or whatnot and, you know, just trying to get detained. And then you have this entire other continuously evolving um, situation where you have criminal activity that's happening. And by no way, shape, or form do I believe that the border is secure when you have these ongoing scenarios happening every day.
0: So... There's been a lot of controversy of course with Governor Greg Abbott sending mm-hmm. buses to these cities Chicago, Washington, New York, the governor of Arizona has done something similar and then you had mm-hmm. the governor of Florida Ron DeSantis he was he's also a republican sending flights of migrants up to Martha's Vineyard in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. You're a Democrat. Do you support what they're doing? I know there were some Democratic mayors like the one in El Paso who sent buses as well. Do you support that? Do you think that's the Mm -hmm. right move?
1: I don't necessarily agree with the with. How can I say if anybody's being lured into or or being kind of suckered into taking these these this transport system, I'm not supporting that at all. But At the same token you know i do look at it like it's a safe way to get to their destination you know a lot of the migrants are actually going to these to these communities where they're being sent to by the governors if you look i'm sure if somebody does a you know look at you know if american airlines ever releases their information or or a private bus you know that's where they're going so i i don't inherently disagree with the fact that they're being you know um that they have an option to get to their final destination. Do I think the optics look terrible? In some degree, I do. I think that I think that the fundamental issue is the fact that immigration reform hasn't occurred in several years, and I think them that I think the governors are just trying to find solutions to the current symptoms of a broken system. You know, a couple of years ago, when I was in the height of my mayorship, I I had conversations where we would talk about you know immigration policy is, is, is breaking. It's, it's, it's falling apart. And two years later, it's not breaking. It's not falling apart. It is broken. It has fallen apart and it's bursting at the seams. And I think as a Democrat, I think, I think that it's unfortunate that we have two different types of Democrats. You have the rural Democrats in rural communities like myself and, and Western Texas. And then you have the urban, the urban Democrats, which oftentimes, you know, kind of like want to wave a magic wand and say everything's fine when in fact it's not. You know, I had in my experience during the crisis last year, I had more, if not 99 percent of the visitors were Republican elected officials, you know, from different districts, different congressional districts in the state. I had out of state congressional visitors. And I would also invite the Democratic elected officials to come into the to the border. And none of them came. You know, I did have a delegation from the borough of Brooklyn, where a lot of the Haitians were going. I had a council member come down with her delegation. Um, But it seems like a lot of them were misinformed and just trying to point fingers to say this is the mayor's fault or this is the city's fault. This is the crisis when that's just the tip of the iceberg. The actual situation is is far more in depth than having 17,000 Haitians under the bridge, you know?
0: If you could fix
1: it. If, If somebody
0: said, all right, Mayor Lozano, your job now is to find a solution, what would it be?
1: Well, I would implement a technology. We have online access. A lot of these migrants do have access to technology. They have their cell phones. They have Um, services. So I would begin the immigration process, the asylum-seeking process in home country. I think that would help alleviate a lot of the unlawful crossings to begin with and begin kind of, um, you know, a queue, you know, and then expand the facilities at the border, the legal ports of entry, all of our land ports, all of our seaports, and all of our airports can facilitate the inbound flux of persons seeking asylum. And then that way there's no waiting period. That way they don't have to come back to a court date. They don't have to come back and and, you know, and, and try to figure out their case. It's already kind of a predetermined situation through the online process. I think that would be a great start. And I think that Homeland, Department of Homeland Security really needs to assess the fact that the migrant and the illegal crosser has changed. Back, you mentioned earlier, I grew up in Del Rio, and, you know, we had illegal crossers and a lot of them were just Mexican men at the time. This was back in the late 90s, early 2000s. And then as the years change, now it's family units and their families from Venezuela, from haiti, from from all over the world. You know we have I think I think if I recall 140, 150 different nationalities represented this fiscal year alone, that's a lot of different nationalities that that obviously it's no longer just the single male crossing for work. these These individuals and these families are permanently moving to the United States, and they're crossing in unprecedented numbers illegally.
0: Yeah. And they're allowed and they're allowed to go into the interior of the country. Is that mm -hmm. the problem? They know they're going to just be let in and and
1: system right now. Mm -hmm.
0: And so. Right. Is it you have the you want the online uh, queue where they have to wait when they do come? Do you think we should just have large facilities holding these people until they're processed?
1: The processing should begin in home country. I think that people need to be vetted prior to entry. I think it's part of the system that we have. We have law and order in the United States, and I'm a firm believer. I'm a, I'm a veteran of the United States military, and I protect the Constitution, and I think that we have law and order for a reason. And to just let anybody in without having vetted, having processed, you know, is, is, is lack of due diligence on Department of Homeland Security's part you know, we need to make sure that we're not allowing rapists or or terrorists or people that are trying to do harm with the context that they're just trying to seek asylum either.
0: Yeah. Um, You know, former President Trump, I mean, Donald Trump took a beating for using those terms for people coming across when he started running for president. (laughs) He did. He took a beating for that.
1: I know. I know he did. And I and I know that, you know, even myself, I get, you know, it's it's I, I say I still say the word illegal. It's it's a legal term to say the word illegal. There's nothing inherently wrong with saying they people have entered this country illegally. And that what that the, the definition of that is they entered through unlawful points of entry. They entered through the wilderness. I mean, there's nothing I don't understand why, why, why that's such a sensitive topic. I I, I still try to we actually people, you know, in my hometown and I still try to figure out wrapping our heads around around the terminology, you know. Um I think I think the bottom line is that you have to you have to have some kind of process, you know, to to facilitate and to mitigate all of this influx, you know, and and we just haven't seen any any hard forms of you know, any we haven't seen a hard format or 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 a document or any kind of statement that actually tackles the big issue of the of the large influx of of, of people crossing. You know, you have you have patches here, patches there. And like Title 42 is, is, you know, it was it was for COVID-19 and, and for health concerns to just, you know, return everybody to, to Mexico, for example, or to their home countries or what have you. And that was effective. I mean, we didn't have crossings to this degree during the COVID crisis. And I think that really should have been an eye opening experience for both administrations, because, you know, it, it at that time, that was under the Trump administration and now the Biden that inherited it. But it just goes to show that I, I feel like everybody's just passing the buck. And now we're at a critical moment where we have had two million people cross. This is unheard of. This is—I thought last year was was unprecedented. Now we have a second year in a row unprecedented. It sounds and, like if the, it's frustrating.
0: If, if nothing changes, in your opinion, will this just go on and
1: unending? It's it's going to continue to get worse. It's going to continue to get worse as more economies and countries across the globe continue to collapse for whatever reason, whether it's social, whether it's um, you know, a coup or environmental, people are fleeing their home countries and trying to find better opportunities. And I feel as though this is a this is a, a feeling, an opinion, that you know this this continuation is condoning unlawful entry. And and that you ask you ask residents in Del Rio, Eagle Pass, Laredo, you know, most of the residents will say unlawful entry is not something that I condone. We do not condone unlawful entry. Please come in legally. It's it's a no-brainer. But once you kind of go further north, it just filters into asylum seekers or families, they're just trying to find a better life. And it's like we all agree everybody should be wanting a better life, but do not enter illegally. It's it's how hard is that to complete to comprehend, you know? And it's going to continue to get worse. People are taking advantage of the broken system. They're taking advantage of the backlog you know and 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 I think what w- hasn't been mentioned is the fact of the matter that the cartels in Mexico are making millions, if not billions of dollars for each person that crosses, and that's another fact that continues to get ignored you know you're 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 inherently allowing illegal groups in Mexico to continue to thrive through this through this broken, failing system.
0: Bruno Lozano, former mayor of Del Rio, Texas, a Democrat, thank you so much for joining us.
1: I appreciate it.
0: You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com.